0: And, a, and a, lo- a really warm welcome if you're watching online. I suspect there might be a few folks uh, online this morning, uh, but I hope you feel a part of what's uh, what's going on here, and uh, we just uh, appreciate being welcomed into your, to your living room or wherever you're watching this morning. Uh, as we begin, let me uh, let me just mention um, let me just mention my uh, my eyes. Um, a couple of folks, as we were kind of getting ready this morning, just. <laughs> Um, perhaps wondering if it had been a really emotional time setting up church this morning <laughs> um, uh, well you can 't rule that out, but uh, that isn 't the case for this morning it's uh, it's an it 's allergies my eyes uh, closed up yesterday um, so um so they 're a lot better today still still quite sore, but a lot better than than what they were so well, you can never rule out um emotion it 's not the case this time on to more important and significant things we 're in the book of Luke. Uh, This morning we're in Luke chapter 9 and we're going to be looking at this uh, most remarkable passage which we often refer to as the transfiguration. So we're in in Luke chapter 9 verse 28 and uh, we're going to be reading that in a few moments time. As you're finding it, let me tell you about a a conversation I had this week with uh, with a friend and uh, we were talking about the good old days. Uh, and if I was to be more specific about which era i 'm uh, referring to i 'm talking to that time just after you pass your driving test so uh, for, for me kind of growing up in this in this area, not too far away when you when you pass your driving test, your world opens out significantly, and so one of the kind of uh, Factors that's going on in a kind of local church setting. I grew up in, a, in a, quite a small Methodist church where there wasn't many young people. So what happened was they would go to a service on a Sunday night, uh, affectionately called a youth service. And uh, and then lots of young folks who were from other local small chapels and churches would join together in the, in this one service. And so uh, you kind of come together as a way of kind of connecting uh, and, and being friends, and so uh I passed my driving test. Remarkable. I expected a round of applause, that's all right. Uh, I passed my driving test, and uh, and started going, and went to, to kind of the bustling metropolis that is Ray, or <laughs> uh, uh, on, on to, to Cape and Ray, and Clapham. And then, remarkably, you start meeting friends of your friends, Amazing, it was wonderful. And you start going to places even further afield. We start going to Sedba. (laughs) New begin on Loon. And then we went to the very ends of the world. We went to Penrith. Penrith is essentially Scotland. It is a long, (laughs) long way away for, for, for for a kind of country farm boy. And then we went as far down south as Crown Lane, which is essentially Preston. Which is another world altogether, and so you start kind of spreading out. And, and what I wanted to kind of just mention was this fascinating dynamic where you start to meet people who you've heard of, but you actually start to meet them. So you you, you you kind of have friends, and you meet a friend of a friend, and and you kind of hear about them, but it but things don't really make sense until you meet them. So for for example, I uh, I started to hear about a man called. Uh, Andy Woof, although he was usually called Woofy. Now, if you're uh, visiting the church or you're you're relatively new, uh, Andy Woof will be a familiar name to lots because he was one of the pas- pastors here in this church before he he moved on to Garstein. So I started to hearing about, about about this Andy Woof, about that he was he was a really good footballer. Started so to hear that he's he's a good speaker that he was involved in a, in a kind of a, a street pastor style work in Lancaster. And you started to hear these bits and pieces about somebody. And, and, and But hearing the bits and pieces didn't make a lot of sense until I met Andy Wolfe. Andy Wolfe's a similar vintage to what I am. And, uh, and, and we, so he we started to, to meet. And, and when a friend of a friend becomes your friend, when you start to connect with him, it starts to fall into place. It starts to make sense. That the the stories start to add together to a to a, a relationship that you know and understand. What we're going to be looking at in, the, in in Luke chapter nine for the next few minutes is we're going to be looking at who is Jesus. Who is Jesus? And and we'll be going to try and just see what we can learn from, from the text that we're going to see. And maybe you know Jesus, maybe you've walked with him a long time, maybe you're still getting to know him, or maybe you've just heard of him. But we're going to just see what we can see, what we can learn from these verses about who he is this morning. Let's put in context what we're looking at. We're in Luke chapter 9, and we've seen bits of who Jesus is already. So at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus sends out the twelve disciples He sends them out to preach the kingdom of God and uh, they go out in pairs so Jesus is somebody who's whose followers are obedient to him. Jesus is someone who who wants to send people out he wants them to to grow to 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 learn to experience what what it is to be his follower we 've seen as as they come back Jesus welcomes them in and gives them rest that there 's a care there 's a, a compassion there 's a an honouring of them, a, 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 a looking out for them in the character of Jesus. We've seen his compassion as he welcomes the crowds. We've seen his power as he heals and as he feeds the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. And we looked at how he does that using the disciples, using his people. And then we have saw last week how Jesus is also going to lay down his life for his people. He's going, to, um, he's going to ultimately triumph over sin and hell and death by giving up his life. So already in chapter 9, there's these sort of three pictures that kind of help us to understand more of who Jesus is. The cross, he's going to give his, lay down his life for his people. The The crook, That as in a shepherd's crook, he's the one who who leads and looks after and tends for and cares for and pushes out the boat sometimes, his people. And the crown, he's in charge and he's God. Let's read the verses. they will read them for us. Luke chapter 9, starting at verse 28. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which was about to which he was about to bring to fulfilment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, "'Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah.' He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. His disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time, what they had seen a remarkable passage really really amazing verse only eight verses, but there's so much that's that, that's packed in here and I think at uh, connect groups this week you'll enjoy um delighting in in, in, in all that is is in here it, it's a remarkable remarkable scene we've got the the author of the first books of the Bible and the author of the last books of the bible and they and they're all kind of in this uh on this mountainside together it, it's it's a part of the scriptures which kind of holds and embraces what's the old testament and the new testament and it sort of pulls them together with the central emphasis of of the old testament looks on and the new testament looks on and they're looking straight at jesus because it's it's all going to be about it's all going to be about him. Let's see how we get on as we uh, as we try and think who who is Jesus in these in these verses. Let's use those same pictures to help us uh, see his person and his character. The cross, starting with the cross. Verse twenty eight begins about eight days after Jesus had said this. So it's, it's worthwhile just looking back to see what Jesus has just said. In verse 23, Jesus has said this, The Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. This is why the Lord Jesus has come to, to this earth, the earth that he has created the earth that, that, that he imagined, the earth that he holds together. And he steps into what he has created in order to, to lay down his life. To, to, to pay that price for sin in order that we might be saved. The more that we might know freedom. He's, he's laying down his life. He's stepping into this world which is his own. He's just said before this, verse 26, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus, as he's spoken to his disciples, speaking to them about the kingdom of God—not a, a geographic kingdom anymore, but a place where Jesus is king. So, in the hearts and hearts and lives of of people, they'll see the the, the kingdom of God, a place where Jesus is king. And now he takes his disciples up onto the mountainside, and they're going to get a, a sense, uh, a vision, a uh, uh, it's almost, almost as if the kind of the the, the curtain's been just pulled back, and they get to see a bit of the King of the Kingdom. They get to see who who Jesus is, and it's the Lord Jesus as He prays on the mountainside. This remarkable transfiguration happens. It's interesting that it happens in the the context of prayer. That's common in Luke that often, as as Jesus is praying, remarkable things happen. And here's what's happening here. Verse 30, two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendour, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfilment in Jerusalem. two heroes of the Old Testament. We'll look at them in a moment or two, talking with Jesus about what is about to happen in Jerusalem. That that departure, that, that word there is, is the same word, Exodus. What's going to happen in, in Jerusalem is just as in the Exodus in the Old Testament where God's people are slaves in Egypt but will be miraculously delivered from slavery and out of slavery and into freedom towards a promised land is going to be ultimately fulfilled in Jerusalem as Jesus will will uh, lay down his life that the slaves that's us slaves to sin, that's what Romans 6 says might be freed that we might um, we might be able to leave that behind and head into the promised land where we are ruled by King Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's the the king who will lay down his life for his people. 1 John 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We don't just see this element of Jesus. So that is absolutely central and important. We also see that sense of, of the Lord looking after and leading his people, we see the crook, that image of a, of a shepherd. I find that very, a very powerful image. I think I've said that before, that, that the Lord is my shepherd, that he walks with us. He walks through the valley of the shadow of death. He walks with us in the green pastures. But Psalm 23 has two equal verses, but there's a central bit in the middle, which points to the, to the emphasis, the punch, the main part of the psalm. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. for you are with me. God is is there with his people. Your rod and staff implements kind of instruments, sorry, of authority and uh, and leadership and protection and and, and and we see that in the character and nature of Jesus here. I love how Jesus takes three of his disciples up on the mountainside to pray. I love that Jesus is going to pray to his father, to speak God the Father to God the Son. And Jesus invites these three men along with him. And they're not perfect men. They're not men who've got everything right. I mean, they're nearly asleep. (laughs) They nearly miss one of the most significant moments in all of history. And they just about wake up in time to catch it. (laughs) <laughs> Peter, who has, who has been nearly asleep, wakes up just enough time to say something because that's how Peter is. I, lo- I love Peter for lots of reasons, but I love that he's not quite sure what to do, so he'll say something. And And, and, and they're not perfect, but this has such an impact on them. This is what John writes later on. John one John, sorry John one fourteen. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Talking about the Lord Jesus, we've seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of truth, grace, and truth. Peter writes this two Peter one sixteen. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty. We received honour and glory from God the Father. Sorry, he received honour and glory from God the Father. When the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard the voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And Jesus takes these these men and he takes them up on the mountain with him. And he's going to take all. Ordinary people and do extraordinary things through them. The, 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 the known world will be transformed through the teaching and preaching of these disciples. Not because they're wonderful, but because Christ is going to come to live within them. Peter, who is nearly asleep and then speaks but doesn't know what he's saying, in only a matter of time will stand up again. After having seen the death, resurrection of Jesus and been filled with the Holy Spirit and will speak. And 3,000 will come to save in knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Because Jesus takes somebody who's willing to speak but doesn't know what to say. And gives them a message that people are desperate to hear. And we see how how, how Jesus is, is active in their lives, he he's going to lay down his life for the for, for people, the cross. But he also is their 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 shepherd, the crow. And just before we move on, just let me point point out one thing: Jesus is speaking to Moses and Elijah. Now, if, if we've grown up in church and we've heard this story lots of times, we're familiar with that. But but just 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 think about it for a moment. Jesus is speaking to Moses and Elijah. Moses has been dead for over a thousand years. And Elijah for, for hundreds. Jesus is he's speaking with them. Because, because they've, they've died, as he says, their, their earthly life has come to an end. But they haven't come to an end. This life isn't all that there is. This world isn't all that there is. God has set eternity in the hearts of men, we read in Ecclesiastes. And Jesus is speaking with them. I, I just I just it's really hit me this week. I just think that is remarkable. It's almost as if they're looking ahead. they were looking towards this day of what Jesus is going to accomplish when, when, when he's going to solve this problem, when he's going to d- die for so he's going to solve this sin problem, and they've been looking ahead for so long, and he's speaking to them. They're not dead. And they're looking ahead. The cross, the crook, and then the crown. What really stands out from these verses is just the splendor and majesty of the Lord Jesus. At this point, the disciples have already seen him in Luke 8 raise a a girl from the dead. We've seen the feeding of the 5,000. We've seen Jesus do remarkable things. But Jesus isn't another prophet or a good man or a teacher he is the heavenly man he is god the son he's not an actor in this play he's the director he is he is remarkable verse 32 peter and his companions were very sleepy but when they became fully awake they saw his glory and two other, and two men standing with him i love this they saw his glory. Oh, and there's two other men there as well. That's Moses and Elijah. Moses, Moses is a remarkable man. He is a leader of leaders. He, uh, he sees and experiences God in remarkable ways. He's, he sees the Red Sea parting in front of him. He sees bread given from heaven to feed two million people. Water appears from the rock. He speaks to God as someone speaks to a friend. God reveals himself to Moses and reveals his character and nature to him in a way that was um, fresh and new in which we have helped us understand God from, from then on till now. But it's not the glory of Moses that is seen. Elijah is a remarkable man. In 2 Kings chapter 2, he's not, he doesn't die, but he's taken up into heaven on a whirlwind. He is a prophet of, of the prophets. He is spoken of highly. And the, the Jews at this point are waiting for Elijah to come. Malachi chapter 4, I think it's verse 5, but it's definitely chapter 4. They're waiting because uh, Elijah coming back is a sign of the great and glorious day of the Lord. But it's not Elijah's glory. That the men see. It's the, it's the glory of the Lord Jesus. The visible, tangible sense of his eternal presence. And, 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 and this is Jesus. He is God. He's, he's, he's come to this earth that he created. He is fully man and fully God. And it, they see his glory. The cloud envelops them. And there's there's so many links here to other parts of the Bible, and enjoy that in connect groups. The crowd involvement, and and they're they're afraid. When when we read in the Bible, when people encounter the living God, there's always that sense of awe. There's always that sense of fear, because he's so far above us. He is he is he is. He is He is so far above us. And the voice comes saying, this is my son. Whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Jesus is the suffering servant. He is the king who lays down his life for his people. He is the good shepherd who leads, cares for, looks after us. He's constant and consistent in everything. And he is the king of kings and lord of lords we said at the outset that sometimes we hear about somebody we hear bits and pieces and it all starts to make sense when we meet them i wonder i wonder have you met the lord jesus have you heard have you heard about him I heard bits and pieces but have you met him do you know him and and this whole passage uh, comes together in the context of prayer as Jesus goes up on the mountainside to, to speak with his heavenly Father. And it's by prayer, it's as we pray that we can come to know the Lord Jesus for ourselves. We pray and we, 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 we uh, start to speak to him. We start to recognise who he is and recognise we want to know him more Recognize his 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 saving death and, and resurrection for us, and his life that he gives us. If you have never taken that that step, then uh, then you can do today. And if you if you if you're unsure how, there'll be folks here at the front after the service who would love to pray with you, but li- likewise to pray with anyone about about anything. But also, even if you're watching at home, you don't have to be anywhere in particular to do it. Because this is is his world. And he is the one who made us. He's the one who knows us. Come before him. And start that wonderful journey. Let me pray as we... uh, as we finish this part of our time together, maybe the band can take their, their place because we'll close the session with a couple of songs. But let's let's pray for a moment or two together now. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for uh, the Bible. Thank you for how it, uh, shows us more of who you are. Lord, we, uh, we just recognize that the more we learn, the more we want to learn. The more we know you, the more we want to know you. And Father, I pray for each of us this morning that we would uh, indeed know you more. Father, I pray that we won't be distracted We won't be distracted, Lord, from 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 all the things that crowd for our, our attention, all the all, all, all the all the distractions, all, all all, all, all the distractions, or or questions, or or the or the things that that are that are not quite as we say, Lord. But I pray that that for each of us, Lord, we'd consider that question: Who who is the Lord Jesus? For, Lord, if if you are who you say you are, then we need to respond. Father, I pray that you would, uh, in the way that you do, beautiful, gentle, strong, that you'd be speaking to our minds and hearts. May May we grow in confidence as to who you are and may that affect how we live.